Welcome to The Dreamers Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Ranson. I want to dedicate this episode to a very special friend and teacher that I had my senior year of high school, John Michael Ritchie. He passed away five years ago, and he was one of the best people I've ever known. One of my favorite things about Mr. Ritchie is that he consistently motivated his students to persevere. I hope that I can honor him in my podcast by doing the same for you guys. So never ever give up on your dreams. Keep telling great stories and don't let anyone tell you that's an insignificant way to spend your days. In honor of the Emmy Awards this weekend, my guest today is none other than the television actress Michelle Weaver. We worked together this year on Council of Dads on NBC where she is known for her breakout role as Luli Perry. She's also known for her work in the Oprah Winfrey Network series Love Is and Dolly Parton's Heartstrings on Netflix and many other things. Michelle is by far the kindest actress I've ever worked with. She really is a rising star. She's so talented and genuine and I can't wait to see what she does next. Here's our conversation. Welcome to the Dreamers Podcast. Congrats on Council Dad Season 1 on an NBC network. How was the whole experience for you? It was great. Like, I read the script and I just fell in love with the story. I fell in love with Luli. And so I got a little nervous because I was like, you like this too much. You know, as actors, you know, <laughs> like roles and audition and over and over yeah. again get rejected. So it's like, and you, I feel like you almost book the ones that you don't like that much because you're not over pressured to like deliver in the room or something. I don't know. But right. so when I liked it so much, I was like, Michelle, you need to like let this go and just go in and have fun. And I ended up, um, Joan was in the room for my first audition Wow! and I ended up messing up, but she's like, you know, let's do it again. I was like, okay, yeah, thank you. And then I just took a breath and just did it again and and um and then of course I second guessed everything that I did once I went home and I saw the other girls who were dressed completely different than me and I was like oh my god you made the wrong choice and I was like you know what Michelle (laughs) this is your interpretation of Luli let it go you did your best and so it was it was it was a blessing to kind of be able to go continue through the process and end up bringing the role to life so it's wow. you know it's such a weird process as an actor like <laughs> so weird <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and shooting it just was like amazing like the cast the crew I'd worked with some of the crew before so it was oh, so yeah. cool to see familiar faces that's awesome um, yeah and it was weird being in Savannah you know because like yeah we didn't know any ch- anybody and and I had done that before with the show but I had known um, one of the actors before we shot. So it was mm-hmm. different. Like I still like knew someone when I was going yeah. in and we shot in LA first. We did workshops in LA. We got to know each other in LA first mm-hmm. before we all made the trip out there. Oh, wow. But you know, Council of Dad, this is like, okay, we're shipping you out. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to yeah. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to expect, but okay, here we go. Yeah. I'm so glad we were all in the same hotel for the pilot at yes. least. So we were just like hanging out. It was St. Patrick's Day. It was so fun and yeah savannah is so beautiful i love savannah but i i i hate the smell (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, there's a smell in Savannah. Yes. But anyways, and then I think it's so far. Like, I would love to shoot a movie or something there, but it's like, it is daunting to be there for a long period of time because it's so far away from everything, you know? Yeah. But it's so beautiful. I'm so grateful that I got the opportunity to film there and experience yeah. it before, um, you know, like just like when you film somewhere for that long of a period of time, you actually do get a couple of days off where you can go and explore the city. And because mm-hmm. it was such a good group of people, mm-hmm. we were all like, just like down for an adventure and, and yeah. people's families were there, you know, it just right. felt like family. So it, it made yeah. it that much more enjoyable, which is good. I love that. But I, yeah, that's a question I wanted to ask you. You have to travel for work, but you like feel like you meet this family for a period of time and then you have to leave. But like, I don't know, when you're there, you are, I felt like kind of lonely. Like I had, we obviously had a great cast and I was really close with Jen and Blue, which helped. Um, I was with them a lot, but it's still like you're away from your family and your friends. I don't know, like as an actor, how is it for you and how do you overcome that sort of like lonely feeling? I feel you. Like the first time I had shot, I shot a show in Atlanta, it was four months. And, and we asked, that cast was amazing too. Like we would go out together, we get dinner. It was very much family, a family feel as well. Um, but still like, I, it was hard for me because I was missing birthdays. Like I, I spent my birthday in Atlanta mm. and I missed my friends, um, baby showers. So that's, what's really hard. Like missing people's baby showers, m- missing people's <laughs> weddings. Like, yeah. Oh, like usually you can like, kind of might be able to work around it, like find a way. But for the most part, like I totally get what you're saying. It is, it's like, it is strange. I mean, I had, um, my boyfriend, then my fiance now, so I would just talk to him every day and that helped, but that was really hard being away from him for like a month. Yeah. Um, but we kind of worked it out where we'd visit each other, but, and I think honestly, I think council of dads was easier for me in a sense because of the fact that we shot over winter. So we had Thanksgiving as a break. We had Christmas as a break. So it was broken up. That helped me a lot because the last time I experienced it, it was just like four months straight where I didn't go back like once. But yeah, I totally get you. I think it's normal. I remember watching an interview before I had booked a series regular role with Gina Rodriguez and she talked about it. She talked about, she's like, it's so much work. It's like, I'm working on the weekends for press. I'm working all week. So I'm not quoting her, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but like basically just like how she felt this loneliness and like it started to make her sad. And then she literally was like encouraging herself, like you've dreamed of this opportunity. People would kill to be in your spot. You better suck it up and like yeah. get through this. But I think um, just to say off of what you said, I think it is pretty normal for that. And she was in LA. Yeah. So she wasn't even on location there is like this rush where you're like with people so much, but they're, and you build like a bond with them, but they're not your family. Yeah. And then you're on a break and like, just the way that. And then our, that's hard too. Cause I felt like I got so close with everyone and I was devastated. Like my last day filming was sobbing all day. Cause I'm like, this is my family. And I don't want to leave. Like, uh, Girl, it was hard. So it was it's actually like, that's hard. hard too. Well, you actually, you did theater too. And I, it's like that mm-hmm. same sort of like magical bond that you have with these people. 
and like me and you, you were very like outgoing and we were personable and loved people too. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you get kind of attached to this family on set too. And then you have to leave. So it's like, it's such a weird balance of both. Like, it is right and then you know even the fact that we don't know if we're coming back and then we find out we're not coming back and you're like oh wait like I planned my whole life to see these people right (laughs) again you're like what is my life without seeing these people again you know like you almost have to readdress your re like calibrate your mind and your expectations of what's to come and it's very strange like I, I think I just don't think like it's like when I talk to other actors about it and it's like, it's very hard to plan. Um, you just have to be able to go with the flow. It's very up and down. Like it's, it's, you know, this is why, you know, it's good for actors to have therapy. Cause, yeah. Because it's a thing that you're navigating that most people don't navigate. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. So, but it's fun and I love it's it. It's so and, fun. And, you know, they even say, like, when you go through, like, high-stake environments with people, you automatically form a bond with them. And so I think that's, too, like, when you're shooting a project and you're, like, dealing with bugs together, like, everyone's showing (laughs) up on set, like, oh, my God, how many bug bites do you have? I have 39, you know? (laughs) Like, you automatically bond with people when you have, like, this stress, like, hey, I found a better bug spray, and everyone's trying the bug spray, and you're like, you know, so-and-so bought the better bug spray, like, you know what I mean? That's so true, oh, my gosh. And you're exhausted, and you'll be shooting till, like, midnight, you're like, oh, my God, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, like, it makes even more sense when I think about it, that, like, after shooting with people on location, everyone's in, like, Airbnbs or apartments, and (laughs) you just, you have a bond, like, the next time you see that person, there, you have that moment, you know? Yeah. Totally. No matter I where you that. are, moving forward, you're gonna be like, oh, that's so and so. Remember back then? Yeah, because then, because yeah. then you get to watch what you made on TV or film, and you're like, we mm-hmm. created this thing together. Like, it's like having a memory of a moment, but it's literally recorded and filmed for like high definition for the whole world to see. And you're like, everyone's experiencing this. Like, we were there in person, but it's like. You get to relive your memory on a screen. It's so weird, but it's magical. It is, it is right? Because you're like, wow. Like, you, because you know what it is that I think is just so fascinating about it? It's like movie magic. We saw what it took to build this. We saw what really happened, what was really on set. The food really wasn't good. Like, you know what I mean? And we're yeah. like eating the food. It's like, like, we saw all the process yeah. of it. And, and then you see the end result and you're like, wow, like that's what came out of that process. It's movie magic. Like it really is this movie magic thing. And it's, and it's so cool to be a part of the process. And to be honest, most people cannot survive the process. They they can't handle going through the process. Like I knew so many actors who wanted to act and wanted to do this. And then when they went through the process of actually working on their skill, learning the lines, auditioning, like the gruelingness of auditioning and all this stuff, they didn't, it wasn't worth it to them. Like mm-hmm. most people can't, can't survive the process in order to receive the reward. And so, I mean, I love it because it just, it like my mind is kind of like a puzzle piece. Like I love puzzles. And to me, it's like this big puzzle. Every piece counts. 
and nobody can do it by themselves. And that's why I was so drawn to theater growing up is because every role mattered. Like, and it really did like, yeah, of course, you know, the lead, it was different. And it, you know, the saying, there's no small roles, only small actors, but there is such truth in it because down to even, you know, the detail of one prop, like if that person did not put that prop where it's supposed to be, the whole scene. It doesn't matter if the actor did a great job. Right. It doesn't matter if they cried and teared. Like if that prop was like a necessary prop for the story, it messes the whole thing up. Yeah. You know, like, and that's what I love about it is like every detail matters. And it's such a community and such a teamwork it requires such a teamwork um, to, to do this and, and go through the process and create what the people see the finished product. And right. so it's so rewarding. It's so yeah, rewarding. you nailed it because that's been my biggest struggle, like coming out of school and I did get a degree in theater and film, but I'm like, I really just want to do it all. Like uh, people ask me all the time, what do you want to do? What do you like? Where, what jobs are you actually looking for? I'm like, I really just want to do it all. Cause it's all so magical behind the camera, in front of the camera, like post-production, mm-hmm. pre-production in, in theater too. And like, it's just, all so amazing and I love that's why I made this podcast I love talking to everyone who's a part of every detail it's just so cool to hear their stories so this is the dreamers podcast what is your next biggest dream so you're kind of you're doing it you're living a dream as an actor is that that is something you've always wanted to do but what is the next big dream there's so much that I would love like there's there's and I've been so blessed. Like the stories I've been able to tell, it still, like I'll be like walking down the street and like, what? I got to do that, you know? Yeah. And I never want to lose that because I feel like once you lose that, you get lost in it. You know, it's like every opportunity is such a blessing to answer your question. Like, what is my next dream? Like I had, my dream was to be a series regular. I've been able to be a series regular in two amazingly written, casted, produced shows with very loyal fans, right? So what is the dream? I would love, see, I'm such a theater person too. I would love to go back and do theater. I would love to. I, I dream of being able to do a musical. I started yes. off as, I started off in musicals. I was a dancer who they were like, hey, we need dancers. I was like, okay. Me too. And yeah. I was in choir. So they're like, okay, we need sing. I'm like, okay, I can sing and dance. Yeah, cool. And then, and then acting came. <laughs> you know, after yeah. doing that and tapping and, and doing the nutcracker and all those things. And so I would love to be able to use that stuff again. Um, and I, there's something about being in front of a live audience and, you know, it's so sad about COVID um, that like all the Broadway. live theaters are shut down because there is nothing like live theater. There is nothing. Yeah. So I, I dream of being able to do that. I dream about um, being able to do an action film. I actually grew up doing martial arts. My dad had a black belt. Why can't yeah, you do served, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> he served in South Korea and ended up getting his black belt while he was in the army out there. So he made all of us do, all of his kids do martial arts wow. as like, you know, just a skill, a discipline, and also just self-defense. Um, and so I ended up getting my brown belt and I had to choose between doing the Nutcracker and getting my black belt. And I chose the Nutcracker. So I never finished to get my black belt, even though oh my, my older sibling did. But um, I, I, um, I, I would love to do that. I love action. I love doing like 
like I love kickboxing and all those things like um because I was always so active you know I did track I did everything so to be able to do an action film would be amazing so I would love to do that let's Um, do a movie musical that's like an action superhero musical Because I've done stage fighting, like I've taken classes, yeah. I've studied, I've done stage fighting on set or on stage for um, theater productions before. And it's like, oh my God, I just want to do that. Um, but yeah, so that's one dream. I also really, um, I love to write. Like, that's the thing about me is I, I was like you. So I got a degree in both, in both, both, in both theater acting and media production. So I studied production, I studied writing, I studied directing, um, and then I also studied acting and theater. So I was, I learned how television production, but also learned um, just theater, theater history, um, and worked in the theater department in college as yeah. well. So I love, I love all of it as well, like, because I, I respect and appreciate all the details. So I would love to write and, um, I would love to write, finish some scripts that I have, write, produce, direct, do some of my own projects, my own filmmaking. And so I love it. Like I love being able, and I think that's what's fun about being a director is after you've acted because you know what the actor needs. Like you, like not completely, of course, like it doesn't make you like psychic or something, but like you have an understanding of their position. So it's, it's even more fun to kind of build up someone else like I love yeah. it I, I always like love helping my friends with auditions and I just oh. love storytelling so much so those are three dreams that for sure at least in the industry you know I'd love to do like my own business like just all types of stuff but when it comes to the entertainment business um that's definitely those three things would be you know it's definitely on my vision board yeah. to do like I I love learning and I and I think that's the thing that's really helped me is because I love learning and I love like oh god I've just been so blessed to work with people who are so good at what they do and I love watching them and being able to just see their process and learn from it like working with Sarah Wayne Callies and Michael O'Neill and Clyde like all of them and Jay, I mean, I could list everyone. Yeah, everyone. I learned. I honestly learned from everyone, and and especially this was the first time with Council of Dads that I worked with so many children, and I loved it. I learned so much from working with children. Wow. Like they, this just their like not overthinking it, just their presence, and I was like, this is amazing. So I literally learned so much from every cast member, down from Blue all the way to Sarah Wayne Callies, even to, you know, the guest stars. Like, I have some Council of Dads questions, actually. I'm on the Council of Dads fans Facebook group, so I had to honor them (laughs) and um, get some of their questions for you. Stella asks, did any cast members see scripts or storylines that never got made or any fun scenes you filmed that didn't make the cut? Tons and tons and tons. (laughs) There was this epic shot in the pilot where I actually like, so when Lily runs into the water and Evan comes after her, where we actually go under the water. And I guess it was so intense, the the shot. And it was scary because I actually, <laughs> when we shot it, I got caught in a riptide and got like 
brought back in water. And I guess the in the scene, you see like Stephen come up out of the water looking for me and he can't find me. He starts panicking. He's like, but he stays in character like, Lily, Lily. And I'm in the water. Luckily, I've grow, like I've lived in LA and I've experienced the beach enough to be like, oh shoot, I'm in a riptide. And I'm thinking in the water. I'm like, I'm in a riptide. It's okay. Relax. The water's going to take you back. Don't panic. And then I feel the ground. And then I, as soon as I feel the ground, I jump up out of the water. <laughs> and I look around and I see Steven running towards me like, Lily. And there, I mean, I wish I could see this footage because I'm sure it was like epic because I was like, <gasps> and like we hug and we like, because he thought I drowned. <laughs> like it wasn't even just acting anymore. And it was freezing cold. <gasps> yeah it's freezing cold that day oh and we're in God. the water and so they were like it was they they had to cut it because they said it was so intense they're like we couldn't recover from that moment. it's a new show <laughs> at that point you're having new trauma exactly it was like oh my it, was, it looked like luli was killing herself like suicidal <laughs> so it was like oh my god so i always wanted to see that shot <laughs> yeah you need to keep that footage for your reel I'm like, maybe I should email them, be like, hey, y'all, can you send me that footage? I just want it for myself. I wonder if they still have it. That's so funny. But yeah, there's tons. There was yeah. also a scene um, when we were talking about the house where I they cut my line. I had this whole monologue about how, Evan, you know what? I just talked to the guy at the gas station down the street. He said we can use his bathroom anytime we want and blah 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 like I'm in this with you or something like that wow. but they cut the whole line about using the bathroom at the gas station because we didn't have a bathroom <laughs> that worked in the house and I'm like dang it why'd you cut that line that's so funny and it's so amazing because then people are like oh my god they're gonna be using the bathroom at the gas station while they get this bathroom fixed but so they cut that those are two things that were cut that's so there's funny. so many though Kate asks what do you think happened to Larry that fateful night did he drink the shot or did he turn around and go home and then she says plus please tell her to get the show back for us remind her that it was a fabulous show with a fabulous cast thank you oh so sweet they were they let me tell you the people who love this show they I mean, love I understand, this show. though because it's yeah. such a family like it was such a family because <sighs> i would read the scripts and i'd be like oh my god Yes. I'd be like, okay, what are they doing for the next? I was excited to see what the next episode right. was. But anyways, what did Larry do? <laughs> you know, I've had so many thoughts about this. Yeah, me too. I think that, I guess if I were to choose, because I have like three different things. I guess if I were to choose, I would choose that he drank like half of it, stopped, left, felt guilty tried to stop and then relapsed again, like later on, like maybe like a week later, Wow! actually starts drinking, something like that. Yeah, it could go into something intense. Towards the end of the season, I was like, wow. <laughs> just it got for so him. intense with the storm and everything. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, but I love Larry. That's such yeah. a great character. What a great <sighs> to end on. I know. And the way Michael O'Neill played him, like, I would be in a scene with him and I'm like, 
I love Larry. <laughs> no, I would be like the double and like not even being used for the scene. He's just rehearsing and I'm like tearing up <laughs> me in the, the JJ wig. Oh my God. <laughs> I know, like your hair is so long. It's so long. Yeah, it's quarantine. I haven't cut it, but I want to keep it long. I want to donate it to Locks of Love or one oh, of those. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, Jen Chapman wants to know what was your ah! biggest <laughs> what was your biggest acting heartbreak and how did you get over it? Oh my gosh, my biggest? <laughs> I have like 10 biggest. I know. Well, what's your biggest, I guess? I I mean, the biggest would be I tested a lot where it'd between be between me and one other girl, and the other girl mm-hmm. kept getting it like four times before I finally booked a series regular role. So that was devastating. Like it kept like the the expectation and then it being ripped away and like that was very very hard and I and I actually had to get to a place where I reached out to a friend of mine who is an actor on a show and we had like started off in class together and she's like you need to let it go and have a life bigger than acting you need to have other things in your life and just yeah. trust that it'll happen in the right timing she's like you know learn a language have hobbies <laughs> like have a life and and she really freed me up. I was like, you know what? Right. I'm going to let go and trust God that the the right project's going to come at the right time. And I really, like, I actually said a prayer. I was like, God, I'm letting go. Instead of worrying about if I'm doing things right and getting in this perfectionist thing in my head and beating myself up, I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to enjoy doing what I love to do and trust that you're going to give me the right project. And then I ended up booking within 24 hours of saying that prayer, um, an indie film that took me to New York. And that started the whole process where I started testing again. And then I finally booked a show within a month of that prayer. Not to say that that was like to get a result. Like, I don't like, you know, you have to have a genuine heart when you say prayers like that. Like just because you say (laughs) it doesn't mean, you know, things are going to move, but like that realization, like really released me from putting the pressure of myself for a result yeah. and for an expectation. Right. And I think that's what frees artists to do what they do is releasing this result oriented um, mindset of like, Aww. I only, my, I only did a good job if I book it, I need to book it in order for the a good job, but like renewing your mind in a sense of like, no, I can go in and do a great job and still not get it because it's not for me. And it's, right. it's not like I need to criticize myself over it. Yeah, I can always learn new things. But, like, really trusting what's for you is for you. And that's what I learned. I mean, I will say that one of my biggest setbacks besides that whole process was I had an audition in front of Spike Lee for Black Klansmen. And I was really exhausted. I was working so much at nights for the restaurant and auditioning so much. I think I was really burned out. And the audition, I just, I only had like 24 hours to learn it. And I just couldn't get it. And there was like all of these names, because Black Klansman also is like um, Black Panther. And while some of the names I was familiar with, there was other names that I wasn't familiar with that were, you know, very hard to to, um, pronounce. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but I actually had a speech impediment growing up. So I was in speech therapy from kindergarten until fifth grade. So one of my biggest challenges with acting is pronunciation 
and um, being able to learn new words and pronounce them right and being able to do it under pressure. When I, I, I rehearsed it, rehearsed it, and I was getting it. When I went into that room and I shook hands with Spike Lee and I started auditioning, this is before I booked any big role, you know, so I'm still such a newbie. I did that scene probably five times. And he's like, the word is this. I was like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I botched the entire audition. Oh, like I gosh. did so bad. I couldn't get a single take without messing up a word like I think I might have gotten one finally but it was like barely surviving you know and it was mm. in front of Spike Lee and then I oh, had to go to a Spike wedding Lee. after that like right from the audition I changed in the car to go to a wedding and I was like devastated the entire time at the wedding like I was like oh my god I can't believe I just messed up this audition in front of Spike Lee like wow. there's no coming back I'm never gonna work <laughs> and then I was telling a friend of mine and he was like look at it michelle at least you're getting auditions in front of spike lee like right let it go it's gonna be okay you're not gonna die and i was like no my life is over like, like <laughs> i was so devastated it took me wow. a while to overcome and actually i think the next audition i had with that casting director i came in strong like i was like <laughs> you're gonna come back because i was embarrassed that like i had auditioned yeah. for this woman so many times and she brought me in straight to directors because she believed in me and I failed, you know? So when I came yeah. back and auditioned, I came back strong. I was like, you're going to yeah, prove to her that you can show up. It was great because that woman was actually the woman who cast me in my first series regular role. And she really fought for me for that role. Wow. And she'd seen, and it was, it was such a beautiful redemption because it's like, this woman has seen my worst auditions and also seen my best. And she still believes in me. Yes. And she's still a fan. And so... I, that's why I always tell people it's, it's, it's about consistency. It's wow. always about consistency in the, at the end of the day. It's not about how bad you did here or how good you did there. It's about how you do consistently, you know? And, and I had even said that before. It's like, I told myself, I also had this mindset. I was like, Michelle, no role is going to make or break you. It's about consistency. And so I had that mindset as well um, mm. before even booking really a lead role. I always yeah. told myself that um, to not give this pressure about because people will get a breakthrough role and never work again. Right. Yeah. And people that will was... get a terrible role. You see actors be like, that person should never work again. That was a <laughs> terrible job. I was not impressed. Like I was so disappointed with their performance, but then you'll see them in another movie two years later and you're like, you know what? I almost lost faith in them <laughs> in that last job, but this one, they freaking showed up. Yeah, so about consistency. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, I was gonna ask yeah. what your advice was for just auditions in general, but I feel like you nailed. Yeah, that's so <laughs> great. Yeah, you just said it all. <laughs> yes, girl. That's what I would say. And then yeah. it also relieves the pressure of like the this like pressure of like having the perfect moment. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. no, always show up. Always do your best. Last question. Who inspires you and do you have any last words of inspiration for our listeners, especially during this time? And yeah, what's been on your heart lately? Wow, girl. There's so much going on in the world and it's very overwhelming. I was very inspired by Chad, um, Chadwick Boseman's story about um, like finding out that he passed was devastating. Like I was like, what? 
and finding out that this man had been struggling with um, cancer, the fight of his life, while doing also roles that changed his career, changed his legacy. Like watching someone, looking back and saying, oh my God, this person was doing this and this and this, and they were sick and they were showing up and people enjoyed working with them. That is very inspiring, very inspiring to me. And like being able to really have a legacy for that. But I will say, honestly, and it's, it's so funny that I'm saying this. It's not so funny, but to answer your question, like who really inspires me? Um, it sounds so cheesy, but I would have to say, actually, my fiance, my fiance inspires me so much. And, you know, a lot of people don't know him and, you know, and a lot of people don't know his story, but he is, I have never met someone who has overcome so much and still um, had so much hope for humanity and cares so much about the well-being of other people. And, um, you know, he's been a, a therapist um, for people on, for the county. So worked with people on Skid Row and Hollywood homeless people, people with mentally dis mental disabilities and all this stuff. And like his heart to help people who are like lost and forgotten and his belief in humanity, it inspires me so much every day. And so I'm so grateful to have someone in, like him in my life who, you know, I think in the industry, we get so caught up about, um, you know, our next movie are, you know, showing up at a charity, you know, all these things, but, and they're important and they're valuable, but, you know, there's so many, A, there's so many stories in the world. There's so many people in the world going through all types of things and how important it is to not get caught up in the bubble that starts to happen when you're working and you're yeah. with similar people who have similar interests, similar beliefs, similar, you know, lifestyles and not getting lost in that world and forgetting that, listen, there is all these people having different experiences, even down the street from you, wherever you live. And it's important to remember that. One more thing, just like your motivation, your go-to saying for people just to Keep on going, or what's your what's your big motivation? Just like a little I saying. <laughs> I know. You know what people say about me? Because I I really gone my own way. Like like literally, if you had met me when I was eighteen, a lot of people are I think surprised at where I've gone, where I've gone, and things that I've overcome. Because I don't know. I was kind of a person who was just a little quirky, like a little weird like a little I don't know how to describe it but I guess what I would say not I guess what I would say to people and this is what I always say is trust your own journey like do not compare yourselves because someone can be up now and you're comparing yourself and they'll be down tomorrow like mm. it's a process this and even Gina Rodriguez I love Gina because she just I, I, I really looked up to her when I first started like really auditioning hard and watching her career blossom. And she was like, if you're not willing to give your lifetime to your gift and to your dream, then you don't deserve it because it deserves a lifetime. And just looking at the fact that like, it is a process and enjoy learning to enjoy the process. 
And my friends, there's a saying about me that I used to describe myself and my friends always joke about it. And it's, I jog at my own pace and I win anyways. Yes. I love Being that. Able to find, <laughs> being able to like, it's like when you watch the Olympics, like there's an 800 meter dash or whatever r- race. And the person starts off in first place, the first lap. And then what ends up happening? People pass them in the last <laughs> quarter. And it didn't, and like, yes, you can say, okay, well, I was in the first place position for most of the race. Yeah, that's valid. You earn that. But at the end of the day, it's not always, it's not always how you start. It's how you finish. That's great. But yeah, I so that's that. what I would say. Thanks for listening to the Dreamers Podcast. Follow Michelle on Instagram at Weaver, And go watch Council of Dads. Please, please go watch it. Season one is streaming on Hulu and the new NBC streaming service, Peacock TV. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at dreamers.podcast. Keep on dreaming big and telling great stories.